Welcome to Meet the Church. This is a podcast from Providence Church in Austin, featuring a new person each week from our congregation. We're excited to discuss the work, interests, and testimonies of our church members to better get to know each other and to talk about experiences with God. I'm Ryan Atulo, and this week I get to talk with Mark Hauser about moving many times during his youth, his sister's battle with cancer, and his battles with alcohol. Mark, this Meet the Church podcast is not the first time the church has met Mark. You uh, were invited to share your testimony at a Sunday service, I think probably last fall. Um, What was that experience like speaking in front of everyone? You know, it was um, something that myself and I'm sure a lot of people, um, it's not their favorite thing to do to get up in front and talk to people and kind of share their story. But um, just one of those things I felt like I really felt led to do it. Um, it was one of those things where I, um, when I got up, it was a little bit of a blur. And um, I, I think it's funny. I, I, I didn't get really get it. I typed it up a little bit. Um, didn't really practice it. Um, I kind of had some bullet points. And probably about an hour beforehand, I, I went ahead and um, started um, basically typing it up. So in case I got lost, I can read through it and look down and, and uh, lo and behold, I was about 30 minutes out before church started. And I was like, Oh goodness, I got to get to church. And so when I, um, when I got there and got up in front of everybody, um, I kind of all went out the window and I just kind of, by the grace of God was able to speak from my heart. And, um, the whole thing was an absolute blur. And it was funny. I, and not till about 30 minutes later after church was over on the way home, I was able to listen to hear what I even said. Cause I couldn't quite remember what I said. And when you listened to it on the ride home, were you happy? Did you you feel like it? Uh, you were able to tell the story you wanted to tell? Yeah, um, I, f- I felt pretty good about it. Uh, a couple of things I got twisted a little bit as far as the order of things, but for the most part, I felt I was I was pleasantly surprised. Um, it was kind of good to really get it out as well to kind of just share with people. Um, you know, part of it was like to kind of share my story of like. Um, just, you know, struggles I've had in the past. And if anyone's willing to, uh, you know, would like to talk about it, what maybe they're going through, then I'm definitely a person who, who's, you know, there to, to help anyone uh, through anything they're going through and just what Christ has done in my life. Um, so it was, and luckily I, I was also able to share with a lot of people, um, not at church, obviously like people and you know, friends, family, and just kind of let them hear the story. And so um, that way, if they have anybody who is also searching or, or needs help, then I'm definitely a point of contact. Wonderful. Well, we're going to dive into some of the things that you discussed to the church. Um, maybe go a little deeper, got some questions. Uh, one of the things you talked about was your sister's battle with cancer. Um, and, and that is relatively recent and ongoing. Uh, what, what impact has that had on you, Mark? You know, it was, um, it's interesting. Like, um, my sister and I were really, really close. Um, and, um, it was interesting. Like when she found out, um, that she had cancer, I was actually with her is at my grandfather's funeral 
up in DC during during COVID and everything. It was uh, uh, August of 2020, and mm-hmm. um, I just saw how it really affected her. And so, stuff when you have you know someone who you're so close to, and you see how much it affects her, then it affects me. Um, it was one of those things where you know it, it's and by the grace of God, she's she's a believer, um, and it was. It was really touching to see how much closer she'd gotten to the Lord through it, um, as well as my family. Um, for me, it was, it was a little bit more difficult as far as um, the closeness that we had where throughout the week or the day, I'd kind of catch myself thinking about it and really kind of uh, would choke me up a little bit just because it was the thought of like not having my sister, who I'm so close to you yeah. know, for the rest of my life, something happened to someone so close to me. It was difficult. It was really difficult to think about. And so um, definitely had... You know, until something happens like this, you sometimes don't really know how much you really care or love someone. Um, and so I definitely learned a lot more compassion um, towards other people going through similar situations. Um, and by the grace of God that she was she she made it through and she was um, she's OK. She told you that she had been diagnosed with cancer while you were at your grandfather's funeral. I was actually um, sitting in the car with her um, in Virginia when um, the, the phone call came in from the doctor and I was sitting there as on speaker. Oh, wow. Um, right, right next door. And it was just like, yeah, it just kind of stops you in your tracks. You just kind of got done with a funeral, you know, ready to move on. And hopefully hearing from the doctor that the news is, is positive And it was quite the opposite. That's a pretty heavy day, a funeral. And then that news. Yeah, it was. And luckily my folks were with us. So, you know, got the chance to, you know, cry a little as a family of like, Hey, we're going to get through this. Um, Lord will provide and he always has. So what has led you and your sister to become so close? Are you guys close in age? Um, yes. Um, she, she is, um, she's my older sister. She's two years older than myself. Um, and we, um, and it's one of those things where my, you know, my father being in the army, um, and we moved around quite a bit as a, as a family. Um, just kind of experiencing multiple moves um, um, from city to city, state to state. Um, we just be kind of uh, formed a really close bond of, you know, there's a lot of times where you're always the new kid and luckily she, <laughs> she was older. And so she kind of got to lead the way for the most part, but um, you know, always have sibling rivalry, but like at the, at the end of the day, you know, some, she was always someone I looked up to and I was always someone that she looked out for. Um and so by moving around as a family, my folks were great. They made the best of every situation. I have a lot of fond memories. But, you know, being a new kid in a school every couple of years um, can be a little nerve-wracking. So when you go through that together, multiple moves, um, you kind of just form this bond of, of um, just closeness. Um, so it was – I'm truly blessed by it. And how is she doing now? She is, uh, she's good. She's, um, she's cancer free. She had a checkup recently. And so she's doing well. Um, she, um, yeah, that was, I think she had one back in December, January. She's so, so she's, she's doing really well right now. Fantastic. That's great to hear. Uh, but the, the tough news didn't stop there, Mark. Then you, your parents get COVID and it was your mom went to the hospital. Yeah. So, um, it was actually, it was interesting during COVID, um, my folks lived down in Naples, Florida. Um, my sister could work remotely. So she was down there with them at the time. And so she's kind of going through her, um, her treatment and everything. Um, everyone trying to be safe, but then my, 
I think my dad got COVID first and then my mom. And so my sister had to distance herself and go stay at a different condo during that time because she couldn't, she definitely couldn't be getting sick. And my dad actually, um, a year before I'd recently gotten over prostate cancer. So I was concerned about him and his immunity, um, as well as my mother who, um, she, when she went to the hospital, it wasn't as much, um, it was, it was more pain that she was kind of dealing with. And, um, by getting to the ER, she was able to kind of, to kind of work through all that. So there's a, a nerve wracking couple of weeks for sure. Um, uh, I was you know here in Austin, didn't get a chance to go see him. Um, and it was, um, you know, it was, it's, it was interesting though. Like, so every day I was trying to get updates, what's going on, how's mm-hmm. mom and dad doing. And, um, Luckily, my sister was there to be with them. They have a lot of close friends there. Um, their church reached out to them and looked out for them. Uh, my church for me here, you know, um, at Providence, just my GC, my community, just my brothers and sisters of Christ were, um, you know, just kind of were praying, praying for my family, praying for 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 us as we went through this. Um, and it was really touching when my sister came to town um, um, last year um, and a lot of people got to meet her for the first time of who she's, she's people have been praying for. So it was really touching that she really felt the prayers and the appreciation as well as my folks, my mom and dad are just like, wow, it's just, um, it's very encouraging for them. Um, and by the grace of God, they're also believers. So it's kind of one of those things where I just kind of get, leave it all up to the Lord and Lord's will and certain things you definitely don't want to happen, but, um, God at the end of the day is in charge and sovereign overall. Very cool. Well, that's sounds like you have a really special family. Um, and in, in growing up, you, your dad was in the army. You moved around a lot. You, you'd mentioned that earlier. You and your sister, your mom and dad moved around a lot. Um, how many stops? Can you name them all in order? Yeah, it's funny. Um, when anybody asks me where I'm from, I'm like, well, you know, let me start here. And I, I have to go in order. I can't not go in order, so. <laughs> Essentially, I was I was born in El Paso, um, at Paso, Texas, um, and then after that, we moved to Northern Virginia, a place called Woodbridge, Virginia, and lived there for a couple of years. And then we moved back to Texas, to San Angelo, Texas, for a couple two and a half years. And then we moved to Montgomery, Alabama, and there for just a year. And after Alabama, we moved to Honolulu, Hawaii, and we're there for uh, two and a half years. Um, and then we moved to um, back to Northern Virginia, Woodbridge, Virginia, the DC area. And, um, luckily by that time, uh, that, that was the last move we did. I think my dad, uh, by the time my sister in high school, he just, he retired cause he, he didn't want his kids to have to uproot one last time and go to different schools. So he retired and, uh, got out of the military, um, for us and for his family. So, and by that time we, we, I went to middle school and high school, um, there in Virginia. So I think I counted six different places you right. lived in. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> yep. Through mi- middle school. That's yeah. That that couldn't have been easy. I mean, you're not you're not planting any seeds anywhere. You're just constantly moving. Um, what what was that like? Yeah, trying to build community when you're just leaving every couple of years. It's funny. Like I, as a kid growing up, I was like, I thought that's just what you did because. <laughs> we're surrounded by fellow military people who they keep on moving to. So it was, um, it was interesting. It was, it was fun. My, my mom grew up as an army brat. Um, so she knew the experience. And so they, my folks made the best of it. I mean, we, we just, when we traveled as a new experience, a new adventure, um, new city, new challenge. And, um, 
they just uh, they made the best of it um we um and we it, it's kind of like i thought it was kind of i have a lot of fond memories of it i enjoyed it um yeah there's there's definitely some tough times here and there um you know always being the new kid but yeah. it was a new a new fresh start too um and so it's it's great you know you learn to kind of see different parts of the world and um or parts of the u.s and um kind of be, uh, something i was always become adaptable and learn different people's perspectives and just where they come from and um, just trying to fit in for the most part. Um, so it was, it was new, it was neat is the, the difficult part is, okay, now you got uproot and move. Um, and so you kind of can't be tricky to get too close to people. Cause you know, you're going to be moving anyway, where you're, you're in one school and your best friend, who's also his dad's in the military, they move a year later. And so you're kind of constantly learning to adapt. Um, so I do did miss out a little bit of the, staying in one city for the whole you know entire time and growing up a bunch of folks. But at the same time, it was, I, I enjoyed it. And, you know, we'd travel across the country and see relatives on the way and got to do things uh, uh, like skiing or going to Disney world or Disneyland. So um, I thought it was just the normal thing to do. So um, by the grace of God, it was, it was something that was I still have, have some really good fond memories of. And then you come back to, Texas, which I guess is going to be what your third time for college, your your your, your third stop in Texas, correct? Um, to Texas A and M, and you're in the Corps of Cadets there. Uh, talk about that experience. What what led you to uh, join the Corps of Cadets? Yeah, so um, essentially, I was living in Northern Virginia. You know, my um, my dad was military, and so I had you know thought about well, maybe that's a good career path for me. And, um, had heard about, you know, West Point and VMI, Citadel, Virginia Tech has a core cadets. And my dad mentioned Texas A&M have a core cadets. And so, um, visited A&M, um, enjoyed it and had, I think it helped for sure. Having some Texas roots, um, mm-hmm. always had great memories of Texas. I remember my senior in high school went to the A&M cotton bowl game against Notre Dame and, saw the band play at halftime and my sister was our Kilgore Ranger head and she performed. So I was like, wow, this, this is it. Big football, core cadets. And I went to A&M to be in the court to eventually go into the military. Um, and it was a, it was a great experience. A lot of, a lot of really co- close friends, good buddies, that friend group that I stay in touch with pretty regularly. Um, about a good 10 of us on our group text. So we're always kind of chatting, um, just talking about things that we did, you know, how we were back when we were 18 and 19 and, um, Great experience, a lot of tough challenges, really test test oneself. Um, mm-hmm. But a lot of um, great things came out of that. Of like just kind of make up your mind to do something, and you see it through. Um, so I learned a lot about myself um, and just kind of overcoming adversity um, throughout that. And at some point, I don't know if it was college or when, and and, and you've been open and public about this. You developed a drinking problem. Mm-hmm. Was that at A and M in college, and, and and kind of when when did you realize that maybe it was a problem? Yeah, I, I drank a little bit like in high school. Uh, that's where it kind of started by ju- my junior year. Um, I think it was at a wedding, or and and not too long after that was at like a a parents' weekend at college, um, and it was just one of those things where I was like, wow, this is this is this makes me become someone different as far as like more confident, more outgoing. And I thought, mm-hmm. you know, that's something that I always wanted um, 
with something I was like, wow, this is a great tool that I can use to be outgoing and fit in. And, and that, I think that kind of also goes back to, um, moving around a lot and being ad- adaptable and fitting in, in different cities and different people groups. Um, so it was kind of just something I, I end up abusing to do that. And so, you know, once I got to college, it was something that became more prevalent that I did have a struggle with it. Um, and it was difficult also struggling with that, trying to go along with the, um, uh, what the norm was in a way, but also struggling that as being a believer too. So you were a believer at that point. That's correct. Yeah. And how did you work through your struggles? Did you, did you lean on your faith? What, what was the process of kind of getting some help? Yeah, it was, it was one of those things where, um, you know, this is, it was over the course of, you know, 20 years of just kind of going back and forth and like things happening, um, you know, just things that would, you know, it just would, would come up. Um, it was always one of those things where I, I knew what I was doing was wrong. I was always convicted by it. It was never. Mm-hmm. And so the struggle was like, I'm doing what everyone else is doing. Why, why, why isn't it okay? Like why, like if fellow believers are doing this or, um, why, why, like, I thought I was kind of in a way trying to fit in, but knowing that something's not right about this. And I knew, I mean, I, I didn't have to find any verse in the Bible to talk about drinking. Like I knew I felt the conviction. Um, and so there are many times where things happen in my life where, um, didn't go so well, um, had times where I had to, you know, was sober. Um, and we kind of went back and forth of like sobriety to kind of going back into that routine of trying to fit in with everybody and, um, and it wasn't as much as the alcohol being the, the, the addiction. It was more like I like to, to go out and be part of the scene or part of the group and um, just a, a, something I used to, to do that. Um, and, you know, for a few years, of many, it's always one of those things, well, maybe this year I'll, I'll quit or after this party or after this wedding or after this birthday or it would just kind of keep pushing yeah. along and pushing along to the point it's like, wow, you know, I've been doing this for quite some time and, it wasn't until a buddy of mine down when I lived in San Antonio for 10 years before Austin, he, um, he knew me as a believer and he knew my struggles with drinking and he just kind of set, talked to me and met with me and said, man, you know, I've noticed this. Um, what do you think about quitting drinking for a little bit? And I'd, I'd already been convicted about, it. I was going to quit drinking is the new year. I was going to quit all the way through past Lent. And he's like, what about just giving it up for a year? I'll do it with you. I was like, yeah, sold. Let's do it. I've been waiting for somebody to, to say something to me about this. Um, and some have in different ways, but just someone who a brother in Christ who just mentioned this. And so I went for a full year of, of sobriety and it was, wow. like, it was amazing. Cause, and, and is one of those things where I was, I was able to replace all that void with Christ. Like I, I mean, I'm just very blessed to like, instead of going out and doing stuff, I just got involved in church and that's where I was able to start getting involved in mission trips and serving. And I, it was, I replaced it with Christ, which is what I've been needing this whole time. That, that That's amazing that your friend recognized that, you know, he could do that for you. Uh, it, it, do, do you, do you still have a relationship with that guy? Does he know what kind of impact he made on you? Yeah, no, for sure. We, um, we keep in touch. Um, he's doing well. It's, he's, he's just someone we keep in touch with a couple times a year where, um, I just thank him. And it's, it's a, a story I share quite often of like what 
he just had the boldness and the courage. Um, it could have gone wrong. It could have been like in a friendship type thing. And mm-hmm. um, he just, um, yeah, I just still thank for him. We still have that, just that connection of like, I'll just never forget that moment and where we were and how it went. And um, just Did he have a problem too, Mark, or was he doing this just for you? Just for me. I wow. Mean, he, it wasn't really his struggle at all. I even told him, like, you don't, he's like, no, let's do this. And, um, and so just one of those, it's a brother just came alongside and said, like, help me pull me out of where I was. Like, he's like, this is, this is not the life God intended you to live. Let's, let's get out of this. And so, so it just cool. the Holy spirit just, I mean, it just touched me and was like, yes, this is it. This is, this is what I need. Um, what advice would you give to somebody who's battling an addiction, be it alcohol, drugs, or, you know, anything, video games? What, what would you tell them? Yeah. The, um, well, the good thing, especially and particularly through um, Christian recovery at our church, there's, there's people who, there's people out there who will help, who are willing to help. And, uh, and that's part of it is like, they understand the struggle of whatever that addiction is. And there's mm-hmm. always help out there. Um, and I, I really enjoy our uh, Christian recovery because it's not just like giving up. It's not just abstaining. It's not just like doing step work, um, like an AA or something like that, but it's, it's reach, it's finding the root cause of like, what's going on. Like why, why, you know, by, by working the steps, working my inventory, I was able to kind of look back and see all the times of like, What's the reoccurring theme? Why is this happening? Find the roots in the root heart issue. That what's the idol that I've been like craving and replacing with instead of God. And um, it's it's very freeing. Um, it's something where um, is able to. Um, I mean, I, I I share this with others quite often because it's uh, you know there, there's a lot of people at my church and I, I thank my sponsor um, who who walked me through the process and just saw the grace that he showed me of uh, what you know what christ would like it, it, it is amazing I, I shared for two and a half hours of my story of my inventory and he just listened and i said man how do you do that and like you me spilling my guts he's like it's just all god like this is this is what we're here for you know this is what we do and there is always help um and and i was able to it was freeing because i was able to find the lie that i was believing the biblical truth behind it and i could look back for the 20 years of, of struggling with it and see all the times that God disciplined me to, to not do that, to lead me back on path over and over again. And I, you know, consistently would choose not to, to stay on the course, but just the grace that he's shown me over my entire life where all the grace, you know, God showed me, like I, I have to show that grace to other people too. Um, and so it's, it's one of those things where there is help and um, anyone, whatever, whatever they're going through, there's, there's, someone out there within our church for sure. Um, so definitely reach out because we're all in this together um, and people are willing to help out. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing. Uh, sure. You mentioned earlier the, the mission trips. You, I think you said what, Cuba, Peru. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what have you learned from those trips? How, is, yes, how have they opened your eyes? So, um, yeah, Peru is my first trip. Um, and it was, it was amazing. Um, it's funny. You kind of go on these trips thinking that you're going to go like help other people as far as like, I'm going to go like, you know, change their lives. And in the end, it, it, I felt like it always kind of changed my life instead. Mm-hmm. 
where you you're down there and it's it's fascinating to go into like Peru or Cuba and these other countries and even Guatemala through our church where you see, you meet other people and um you know that you I don't speak Spanish very well at all and so but you can still see the Holy Spirit at work and you can still kind of communicate through the Holy Spirit where this no matter what country you are in or what language you speak that the Holy Spirit is still present um and and I've always been able to um, luckily have really close bonds with people I've traveled with to these countries and keep in touch with. And it's just one of those experiences of like, you're kind of serving others, um, serving the Lord and doing so. And um, yeah, it's, 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 it's pretty remarkable, to, especially when you come back to America and you're like, wow, I just have so much. And this, there's so many people who do not, but yeah, they still have a lot of hope and peace and joy um, not having all the things and the benefits that we have in America and the luxuries. Um, I mean, just doing things like having good drinking water, you know, yeah. um, just the little things that people don't have, but, and I keep in touch with the pastor down in, in Cuba and, and it's been really, a, it's already a struggle as is, uh, let alone COVID. And despite his circumstances, he's just like, but God is good. God is sovereign. You know, he still looks out for us. Um, so it's very touching of, no matter what our struggles, we, you know, as believers, we're bonded by the uh, Holy Spirit, um, and so it's just been kind of opens your eyes for sure. Uh, what else is out there outside of your own, our own little world? You know, Mark, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Sure, no problem. Anytime. <laughs> Next week, we will be hearing from Ashlyn Vantavanter as she interviews Haley Burns. Thank you for listening.